This Week in Agriculture, a production of the Red River Farm Network. With a look at markets, I'm Randy Conan. Grain markets ended the week lower. U.S. Commodities President Don Rose says the grain trade continues to chase those news headlines. Each time Ukraine takes the offense with drones hitting uh, Russia, the market spooks up, but then it relaxes back here again. So I think when you look at it next week over the weekend, is more of that going to happen? It appears Ukraine is kind of taking the fight to the export market that if uh, we can't export, that we're going to see if you can't export Russia. So, um, you know, add risk premium, taking risk premium away. Um, then we're going to look at what the size of the crop is next week again for a little better direction. Ag Resource Company President Dan Bossy said the grain market also traded weather. The forecast looks more normal in terms of rainfall for the Midwest. Temperatures retreating to seasonal levels. Traders wanted risk off ahead of the USDA report on the 11th of August and gave us a sharply lower close. The models have a lot of a lot of issues with what we call these ridge riding rains. You know, you can get some rain 20 miles uh, on a farm and then another 40 miles it'll be dry. So, it you know, the, it's a hodgepodge of conditions across the Midwest. It's not the best way to get a uh, trendline corn or soybean yield. How low, though, or how far below trend is uncertain. We need to get in the fields and decide that. Money Farm market analyst Allison Thompson said quiet news days allowed the corn and wheat markets to drift. Yeah, corn and corn is definitely a follower of the wheat market lately, and seeing some double-digit losses in wheat aren't helping corn out today, especially since we're seeing small gains in soybeans as well. I'm happy to see soybeans having a little bit of a positive day. Uh, we did get an export sale announcement again this morning of some more soybeans to China, which is always good news, but we do have a ways to go to get um, up to normal pace for this time of year for those new crop sales. So with that, it is going to be a slower a slower rally until we really start seeing these things pick up. But overall, it's just a quiet day. Corn Belt marketing market analyst Sam Hudson called the cattle markets this week pretty lazy. You know, from a cash price standpoint, we haven't seen a whole lot more to really you know, drive things. Uh, you know, when you look at the you know the bond market, some of the stuff that's going on outside. Uh, some of these outside markets, it just feels like, you know, we legged up, now we're consolidating. I still wouldn't be caught short a lot of these back months, but when you look at it from a seasonal standpoint, um, you know, we could continue to see kind of a choppy market, in my opinion. Now, if we continue to adjust and readjust this feed market along the way, obviously the feeders are still going to have, you know, the most to say about this, and so I think you're going to continue to see volatility and probably more movement there compared to the live thing, uh, or excuse me, live cattle into things, and uh, I think you're going to need to see more cash direction on that. Martinson Ag Risk Management President Randy Martinson said the livestock markets had been trading both sides. Kind of disappointing that we're not seeing a little bit better cash trade take place, but I think Packers are a little bit, uh, you know, they're bleeding a little bit uh, and upside down, so they're a little slow in buying. Of course, they slowed down their chain speeds. I think that's impacting the market a little bit, but the lower grains is helping to push the cattle markets a little bit higher. Feeder cattle seeing some good strength. I think that market is destined to go up and try to test those highs one more time. Van On and Company market analyst Christy Van On said the livestock market's pretty much just consolidating on a lack of fresh news. It's been a snooze fest lately. It just does not want to really get going in either direction. We are seriously consolidating these trades when you look at them. You know, you look at feeder cattle and, um, man, we are just zoning in on this level right now and not really budging at all. Same situation for live cattle. We got that dip in live cattle, but it seems to try to be kind of coming back and finding some support. Same situation for the hog market. And that's a look at markets this week in agriculture. I'm Randy Conan. The North Dakota mill has been producing northern-grown spring wheat and durum flour since 1922. 
The mill now adds value to more than 30 million bushels per year. North Dakota mill employees take pride in the highest quality spring wheat and durum wheat products for the baking and pasta industries. Look for Dakota-made flour in 5, 10, and 25-pound packages, as well as pancake and bread machine mixes. Spring wheat and durum flour, superior quality, is what separates the North Dakota mill from the competition. Specialty crop markets are special and require more digging than corn, soybeans, or wheat. We do that digging, talking to numerous crop scouts, growers, and processors here in North Harvest, and wherever beans that affect local markets are grown. So follow the dry bean scene every Friday at 1235, brought to you by North Harvest Bean Growers Association, Johnstown Bean Company, Varisto Herbicide from BASF, SRS Commodities, and Heads Up Plant Protectants. A look at news this week in agriculture on the Red River Farm Network. I'm Whitney Pittman. House Ag Committee Chair Glenn G.T. Thompson has sat at many Farm Bill listening sessions, including the one at Farm Fest this week. Thompson is confident the Farm Bill will be out of the House Ag Committee by the end of September. We're going to do our job. You know, when we are able to mark up and go to floor, it really is going to depend on when leadership can give me that week floor time. Um, I'm still hoping and praying it's, uh, you know, before the end of September. Uh, but the Ag Committee will be ready to go. I think I'll be confident in language that we'll, that we'll have by the end of August. The way it always works, though, is um, uh, the, the period of time from when you mark up uh, to when it's on the House floor, you want ideally about seven to ten days. And so, obviously, when we do the committee markup, we'll be prepared to do it, but it will be depending on leadership providing us that week. Thompson says it'll take cooperation from both sides to get it complete on time. And I think that Senator Sabino and Senator Bozeman are, are they're good friends, we're, we're close, and they're working with full due diligence uh, you know, on the Senate side. So I, I think at the end of the day, hopefully, we'll even have a product that's not a lot of differences between the two. There are always some, but, but a lot of similarities. We've been uh, we talked uh, last week with Secretary Vilsack, and he obviously, as his team, we're relying on his team for technical assistance as different proposals are brought forward and considered. Uh, we're also relying on the Congressional Budget Office. That's the uh, folks that do the scoring. So it really is a, it's a team effort and a team sport at this point, and, and that gives me optimism. Senate Agriculture Committee Chair Debbie Stabenow is not seeking re-election. Senator Amy Klobuchar is the second-ranking Democrat on that committee and is likely the next chair. Well, that's a great opportunity for Minnesota. Uh, we always like to have someone from the Midwest. We know the many years where uh, Colin was chair and how helpful that was to our state or ranking member. Um, so that's really exciting for, exciting for us, but exciting um, for me personally, but also for our state. North Dakota's Federal Environmental Law Impact Review Committee met in Bismarck this week. During the meeting, committee members heard details about the EPA's new draft herbicide strategy. North Dakota Assistant Attorney General Eric Wallivan says this could negatively impact agriculture. By court order, they've been found in violation. Uh, they're not doing their due diligence and meeting their Endangered Species Act obligations. It's very timely when they look at it specific chemistry by specific chemistry. So they've created this, in their mind, streamlined process to where they can group different chemistries by of similar chemistries, similar environmental fate, similar toxicity ranges, and they're going to group these and use a point system. Pretty confusing. 
to uh, apply mitigation measures. This draft strategy would cause a lot of confusion and uncertainty and is a response to lawsuits against the EPA by environmental groups. Wallivan says the implementation of this plan could go into effect as soon as March 2024. The latest Purdue University CME Group Ag Economy Barometer showed farmers remain cautiously optimistic through the month of July. The Ag Economy Barometer Index rose two points to a reading of 123. The index of current conditions was up five points to a reading of 121, while future expectations were up one point to 124. This has been a look at news this week in agriculture. I'm Whitney Pittman on the Red River Farm Network. We want to take a moment to recognize the hard work and dedication of our local farmers. Every day they embrace the challenges and rewards of this lifestyle. We appreciate their efforts and at Wilbur Ellis we're proud to support them as their trusted partner. It's an honor to be part of their journey and provide them with the necessary tools to thrive and succeed. We believe that together we can build a prosperous future in agriculture. We're better together. That's the power of we. Visit WilburEllisAgribusiness.com or reach out to the Grand Forks Wilbur Ellis team today. Keep up to date on this year's harvest right here on the Red River Farm Network. Listen to Harvest Hotline Monday through Friday at 1237 on most of these Red River Farm Network stations. Harvest Hotline is sponsored by Ag Country Farm Credit Services, Amity Technology, and the North Dakota Mill. We'll talk with custom combiners, elevator managers, agronomists, and farmers about harvest progress, yields, and quality. It's Harvest Hotline, a daily feature on the Red River Farm Network. We're reporting agriculture's business. With a look at weather this week in agriculture, I'm Sierra Doctor on the Red River Farm Network. Hallock, Minnesota custom harvester Rick Sugden has had an unusual harvest season. We ended up not taking any of the Kansas uh, contracts the cut because they took crop insurance on us and uh, we went down in mid-June and hauled our combines up to South Dakota to be positioned and cut the winter wheat there but uh, kind of a rough start down there a lot of rain came in in the end the guys kind of struggled with what little crop was left and then it all turned to weeds and a lot of it got swathed here the last few weeks and bailed up. We're in South Dakota last week and cut winter wheat there. West Central Minnesota dealt with harsh weather last week, causing damage to corn in the area. Nathan Collins says while the moisture is welcome, it's difficult to plan for and react to these kinds of events. We got some rain. Seems to bring adverse weather. You know, we all expect it at some point in time and, and try and plan for it. But when your corn gets knocked down, it's hard to make a plan that's going to help you help you harvest it. It's got to stand up on its own, but we keep an eye on it. We do what we can to to help it along. We come into silage season, we start talking to our dealers and what things do we need to buy to add to our machinery to help pick this corn up off the ground. It's great to get the rain, but it, it's hard to drive around. And I took our drone out the day after and flew it. And, and I, uh, I wish I wouldn't have, but it's good to know what we're looking at so we can be better prepared and, and ready to, to deal with the situation when the time comes. Wheat harvest has begun near Wapaton, North Dakota for Mike Matajek. Yields have been a pleasant surprise. The wheat, I guess, is actually surprising, surprisingly better than we thought it was going to be. Uh, down in here, we just haven't had any any decent rain all summer. Wapton, we get rain, Fairmont, get rain, and we're kind of in the middle. And uh, we're still seeing 40 to 50 bushel wheat in some places. It's kind of a pleasant surprise. I'm hearing some yields a little higher, and I'm hearing some yields lower, too, just depending on the rainfall, I guess, is the biggest factor. 
We actually got started last Tuesday and took a little bit off, and then we had a rain shower, and Friday and Saturday we worked a little more, and Sunday we didn't do much, and yesterday we probably had our biggest day. We're kind of up, up against green weed mostly, and a variety thing. Some varieties a little earlier than others. Conditions have allowed for things to stay basically on schedule. Well, I'd say it's, it's probably pretty normal here around the 1st of August. Uh, maybe a little, a little ahead. It's generally right around here the 1st of August, one side or the other where a guy gets started on weed. Everything looks pretty clean here. Uh, I've got a good enough stand where it held the weeds back. and uh, So that, as far as that goes, yeah, everything looks pretty good so far. And, and unless we get a big, long, rain delay, it, I don't, and the ground is hard. It aims through you the other day there, and you wouldn't know it. It all soaked right in. So pretty, pretty good going. Oahe Grain General Manager Tim Lucan says winter wheat harvest is about wrapped up in South Dakota. We're about 65% of what we handled last year, so yields are definitely down, you know, in that uh, 20 to 50 bushel range. Test weights that we took in are right at a little over 59 pounds and the protein's at 14.6, so we're about uh, two pounds less, two, three pounds less than last year and, and about uh, a percent and a half higher in the protein. And spring wheat harvest is just starting in the Oneida, South Dakota area, but Lucan says that will be a struggle. We've got like three growths on that right now because of the late uh, moisture that we got here in June. One guy I did talk to, he's been hauling it in, he said there's nothing out there, so he's been just kind of, you know, the tillers that have been coming up in that spring wheat, there's nothing in it, so he's been kind of going through with a stripper head and just taking everything out of it. Um, and then there's some guys that said that they're filling, so there's in multiple different stages out there on the spring wheat from ripe to filling, but there are guys that are desiccating. And that's a look at weather this week in agriculture. I'm Sierra Doctor on the Red River Farm Network. Attention sugar beet growers. Very best discounts are available now on new 2024 sugar beet harvesters and defoliators from Amity Technology. Contact your authorized Amity Technology dealer to see how Very Best Discounts can affect your price and lock in product availability. Very Best Discounts are available now through September 1st, 2023. Contact your Amity Technology dealer today. Field proven solutions from Amity Technology. Why do you listen? You get the local news and the uh, weather is up to date all the time. Oh, I love sports. It's good to hear what's going on because you can't make it to all the games. I listen from 8 o'clock in the morning to 6 o'clock at night. It moves with me. It's portable. It goes with me. It's in my car. I can find my mood. I can flip through stations up and down the dial. There's always something that's talking to me. Why do you listen? Go to whyilisten.com, tell us why you listen, and you have a chance to win $500. Visit whyilisten.com today.